Welcome to Beth and Jordan Rewatch. I'm Jordan, and I'm a nerd. And I'm Beth, and I'm also a nerd. For our show, we will rewatch TV shows and movies that Beth and I have enjoyed and try to look at them with a fresh perspective. For this season, we will be rewatching Avatar The Last Airbender for the third time for me and for the three millionth time for Jordan. So let's start with season two, episode one. As we start a fresh new season, Beth, um, let's go ahead and start as we have done in the past. Let's recap what it was that we just watched. Um, And so, Beth, you have uh, season two, episode one, The Avatar State. And for our audience, remember, our goal is to recap these in less than a minute. Um, So, Beth, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Am I on the clock? So in three, two, one. All right, so Aang, Sokka, and Katara are making their way to the Earth Kingdom. They separate from Master Paku, who gives them most of them some gifts as they sort of fly off. Uh, they meet up with this Earth Kingdom general, who I cannot remember his name, and he's like, "Hey, Aang, you thank you. <laughs> you took out an entire uh, Fire Nation navy. Let's just figure out how to get you into the Avatar State and have you fight the Fire Lord now." Everybody's like, "Eh, this is a bad idea, but we'll go along with it." Um, they eventually end up succeeding and Aang isn't controlled in that state and starts kind of just wreaking havoc. And they're like, yeah, this is probably a bad idea. And they go their separate ways and they head off to Amashu. She plot. Iroh and Zuko are sort of hanging out, trying to figure out what's going to happen. And Azula shows up and is like, hey, brother, uh, your dad wants you back. I promise I'm not lying. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And Zuko's like, hey, <laughs> cool. And kind of fights with his uncle about it. They meet up and try to go back with Azula. And Azula's like, just kidding. I'm betraying you. And they fight. And then Iroh and Zuko run off. Nice. That was with four seconds to spare. Right. I was like, I'm going too detailed. I I did not think you were going to make it. I'm being completely honest. (laughs) To be fair, most of the B plot is they fight. (laughs) That's true. Yes. Okay. And so I have season two, episode two, The Cave of Two Lovers. Beth, you got your eye on a clock. I do. All right. Give me a countdown. All righty. In three two, one, go. Aang and Katara practicing waterbending. Well, and Aang realizes he really likes Katara, as he's already known. Uh, we meet a bunch of hippies who are kind of annoying. Uh, they, While the hippies offer their help, Sokka is like, we don't need you. We'll go to Elmashu ourselves. They try to go to Elmashu, but the Fire Nation's in the way. So they go to the secret tunnel that the, that the hippies went through. In the secret tunnel, they realize that they get into a lot of problems. Uh, they get separated. They are trying to find love to find the way. In the end, it turns out that it just means turning out the lights. So through turning out the lights for one group and through finding the original Earthbenders for another, they do manage to get through the cave. B-plot. Zuko and Iru are trying to live their lives as poor people. They decide they'd rather be fugitives in the Earth Kingdom than on the run from Azula. Uh, they get a lot of generosity after Uncle Iroh poisons himself. Zuko, though, who will not accept generosity, instead decides to steal instead, because that's the manly thing to do. Nice. That's five seconds to spare. Nice. Yes. I also <laughs> was kind of terrified of like, uh, <laughs> det- I'm, especially on the first, like in the A plot is like, um, how many of these details do we go through? <laughs> we did it. We We're did just it. getting so good at this. Considering I was over 15 seconds on the last episode. This is an accomplishment. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. To be fair, the last episode was the season conclu- season finale. True. So.
All right. And so it's time for the whole meat of the thing. It's time to talk about the beginning of season two, Beth. Season two, episode one, the Avatar State. How? What's what's your feeling, Beth, as we enter into a brand new season? God, I'm so excited for this season. This is my favorite <laughs> season. I love it so much. It's the Empire Strikes Back of Avatar. I'm just ready to get started. <laughs> yes, yes. I think that's a very apt analogy. So in this first episode, then, what stuck out to you? Um. Well, you know me, and you know how much I love the Zuko B-plots in general. What? But... You? <laughs> Beth, you've um, never done anything that would. And, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yes. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. um, but I love Azula. I think she has one of the coolest character introductions. I love her as a character in general. I think this is a really great, strong introduction to her. And I just, I love getting to see her in action. Yes. Azula is, I mean, we talked we talked a whole lot about in the first season, how Iroh scares you. When, or not Iroh, I'm sorry. Um, Zhao, Admiral mm-hmm. Zhao appears he scares you um because you know like sometimes his pride is his own downfall but azula appears on the scene and there is just no nonsense with her she is i I, what did i write my notes i wrote down ruthless cruel and extremely driven like Mm. like maybe that's something that um like what zhao did not have is zhao thought he was perfection uh, you know he has his ego i would say azula like azula has ego but she like she is somehow oh, this is gonna sound odd to say humble enough to know that she has to be the best mm-hmm. and like she can't rest otherwise someone like it's a very probably more paranoia that's probably the more correct word uh she has to be the best because if she's not on her best, somebody else will be the best. Like the, the, the scene that sticks out to me where I got that from is where she's practicing the lightning. Yes. Yeah. Which is something that, uh, you know, up until this point, we, the only interaction with lightning we've seen from firebenders is that Iroh channeled lightning during the storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got a hint that, you know, there's something with lightning in the fire nation. This is the first time we actually see somebody actually shoot lightning bolts out of their fingertips. Um, so one, the fact that she shows us that she can do that. And then two, when she's practicing that and with those two old ladies there and they're like, almost perfect, just a hair out of place. And she looks at that hair like as if it's like the worst thing <laughs> on the planet. And she's like, almost isn't good enough. Exactly. And you're just like, holy we've, balls, woman. We've just seen a girl produce lightning and she's like that wasn't good enough it's like oh no <laughs> yeah she is yeah she is a truly terrifying villain mm-hmm. like i remember i remember when i watched this the first time and i've shared this with you already beth but i would be like terrified like like i i hated when she showed up because like like i like the character she's well done but I hated when she showed up because that meant that there were going to be problems mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything. Like it seemed like something was going to work and then problems. Mm-hmm. That's Azula. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have anything else to add on, on her? I just, I know, I know you brought her up. She's just, yeah. oof. just how, I guess the one thing is just how easily and cleanly she is able to lie to her brother and her uncle, two members mm. of her own family. She's just like, Oh, father wants you home. Like, 
not a hint that she could be lying, no devious smile, nothing. We as the audience can even believe her for a little bit. I agree. I mean, I I know I like I knew she I knew what she was up to, but I even I remember the first time I watched it, I even like for a split second believed her, which was stupid, but like yeah, I I agree with you. Mhm. <sighs> And of course, Iroh doesn't buy it for a second. <laughs> of course not. Because he knows her and he knows how his brother acts and that his brother is not going to just forgive Zuko that easily. Um, yeah. And Zuko's just so desperate to go home. He's willing to believe anything oh, his sister tells him. <laughs> oh, Zuko. Yeah. This is, you know, what we've seen here with the end of season one into the beginning of season two. This is where... I mean, I don't think I don't think this spoils anything. I think the first couple of episodes have definitely paved this path for us. We're going to see a lot of where Zuko and Iroh uh, become more and more favored in our eyes as, as TV viewers. Like we're we're going to like them more because we're going to see them a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and we especially saw. I'm thinking of Iroh at the end of season one, in the beginning of season two. We definitely saw much more of a softer side, and we definitely. Where before it was suggested he might be good, that's out of the question. Like it's not even a question now. He is he is a good person. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe he fights for the wrong team, but he's a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and just and Zuko, like he's like like you said, just so desperate for his honor mm-hmm. or all that stuff. Yeah, he just he just falls for his sister's crap so easily. Yeah, and then after the the captain accidentally calls them the prisoners, and we know he dead now because of Azula. Right, um, of course he is. It's so interesting seeing the fight between Zuko and Azula, and seeing Azula, she's just dodging. Like, Zuko's go- going after her with everything she's got. He's firebending. She's just, like, ducking out of the way. She scratches him. She doesn't even yeah. firebend against him at, like, at first. She just scratches him. Yeah. I, I wrote, yeah, I mean, exactly to what you were just, just what you just said there. I wrote down azula is better than zuko mm-hmm. like that and that kind of hurts a little bit because that that's terrifying but she just she just is and almost effortlessly so to wait to what you were saying mm-hmm. like he doesn't land a blow on her she like you said scratches him and if not for iroh's intervention she'd have electrocuted the crap out of him mm-hmm and that's another part that makes her so terrifying, right? Like she is just, she's just going to kill her own brother. Like not even yeah. thinking twice about it. Doesn't even seem to have any like remorse. Just like, oh yeah, I'm going to shoot lightning at my brother knowing full well it could kill him. Probably right. would kill him. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say, int- intent was to kill. Let's let's mm-hmm. be honest. I don't think there were any thoughts of, yeah, no, intent yeah. was to kill. Yeah. So yes. So that, yeah. So we get set up with Azula and if it's okay with you, I'm ready to move back to the A plot. Okay, A plot. <laughs> it's a yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's 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 a fine it, A plot. <laughs> it is. It is actually. We've had some pretty lame A plots, um, but it's yeah. I think this one holds up okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what I'll say is because again, it centers around Aang's problems. But unlike you know toward the end of season one, where Aang's problems were mostly self inflicted, like. I don't know. Talk about people who can be manipulative. Uh, General Fong. Yeah. Like, oh, every day that you decide not to use the Avatar state, more people die, and that's on mm-hmm. your conscience. Mm-hmm. 
It's like, goodness. Guy. And even towards the end when he's manipulating him kind of into being in the Avatar state by like, oh, look, I'm hurting Katara. You'd better stop me. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's, he's just... It, to what you yeah to what you were saying before we hit the record button like there are and we've got to keep our we got to keep our clean rating here there are buttheads in the earth kingdom as well mm-hmm. um yeah well-intentioned buttheads <laughs> exactly Inten- exactly well-intentioned buttheads in the earth kingdom as well mm-hmm. um and so uh yeah i, I actually sympathize with ang for once um, mm-hmm. because his kind of, you know, his conundrum is very, it's very understandable and it's, and that he's manipulated is not, again, it's understandable. It's not, if you had the burden, you can get why he would choose the, sh- the short and easy and maybe not right route as compared to having to go through the process of learning all four elements. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, shoot, I've already been trapped for a hundred years. I'm already a hundred years too late. I'd better get a move on and get going. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I appreciate I did remember enjoying when I the first time I watched it. So because first of all, I didn't even know it was called the Avatar State until this episode. Um and then I remember like like the expansion on the lore is, was very helpful. Like it's it's kind of cool to find out like you know, that the power of all the previous airbender, or not airbenders, avatars uh, lives in him in one moment, um, but that at that moment he could possibly die, which incidentally is yeah. foreshadowing. Because um. <laughs> the thing is, like before this, it's just seemed like, oh, the avatar state, he goes into it and he's invincible, like nothing can stop him. And then it's like, oh, shoot, no, if he dies, then like the avatar cycle is broken and it just raises right. the stakes again. Right. We don't have this. Uh, we don't have this ace up our sleeve anymore. It's it's an imperfect helping system, I guess. Yeah, yeah, def- it definitely is. And you know, and it start and sorry, I'm 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 of two minds at the moment. One mind is to keep talking about Aang in the Avatar state. The other is to talk about how the episode ended. So I just want to make sure. Do you have any other thoughts before I talk about how nope. the episode ended? Go right ahead. And so what I wanted to talk about then for how the how the episode ended is. Once again, we are continuing how season one left off with cliffhangers yes. on cliffhangers. So once again, like Azula, you know, Azula is out there. I mean, it's not a cliffhanger; it, it resolves. But like Azula is out there being like anybody who harbors uh, Iroh and Zuko, you know, will you know basically is an enemy of the Fire Nation. Like, so we get this sad thing where like they have to cut off their hair buns and like, and everyone cheers as they do. Yes, I. <laughs> I can't disagree. Um, but yeah, but like, you know, it's kind of, it's, I, I guess I don't know if that was a cliffhanger, but it's, it's not a good ending. Right. That's what I like. It's a sad ending. And the same thing to, to uh, spoil, I guess, ahead to the next episode. Um, at the, well, at the end of the cave of two lovers, when they finally make it to Omashu, it's like, Oh, by the way, Omashu belongs to the fire nation now. Mm-hmm. We never get that satisfying, like, yay, everything is good now type of an ending. Exactly. And that's probably part of the reason I love ep- season two so much. <laughs> oh, so much, so much like The Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. So many pieces in play to set up future episodes and to, to make you not purposefully not feel complete. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you're okay with it, I am. 
not not necessarily excited because I love this episode, but because I love to make fun of it. Two lovers. <laughs> <laughs> the cave of two lovers. Um, I remember. Okay, that's so. I remember when we were both in undergrad. Oh my um, god! Yes. <laughs> I remember that me and whoever else among our friends knew this episode. Mm-hmm. I remember that we would just belt out secret tunnel, secret mm-hmm. tunnel. Like, God, these hippies, these yeah. God blessed hippies. Um, I had no idea what you guys were talking about. <laughs> right, no, that's what I remember. Like, I remember as, like, yeah, like most of our friends. Yeah, you and you were, I remember you definitely included, like, didn't have a clue what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And those of us who did know were just like, you don't understand how, how just so freaking annoying these hippies are. Literally, um, before I watched this last year, the only, or I guess earlier this year, the only things I knew about this show were the Two Lovers song and then freaking Avatar the Abridged series that you showed uh, me. <laughs> I had yes. no idea what was going on. <laughs> I'm so gl- I'm so glad that I showed you that. I'm so glad that you. Re- I didn't remember. I couldn't remember that I showed you that or not. I'm so glad that I did. My brother and I to this day will sometimes say yes, no, maybe lobster. Lobster. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, to be fair, having looked back, like having like some of the jokes come to mind from time to time and some of the jokes now, I'm kind of like, ooh, that's kind of in poor taste. Like that didn't age well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. Oh, YouTube culture. What <laughs> what, what wonderful culture. Um, God, it was beautiful. Okay. But the actual episode <laughs> itself. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry. No, you're good. It's fine. Um, I mean, and I guess again, a plot and B plot here. Um, I mean, the A plot is, you know, of course, the big thing is just that Aang and Katara are are trying, are, we're, we're pushing them together through right. on our plot, which is, you know, again, mixed results. Again, Aang is way more into it than Katara is. I'd rather kiss you than die. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, Aang. Like. Sweet and, uh, child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, sweet young avatar. Um, like, and I, and I will say, because I feel, I can't remember, I know there was an instance in the first season where they tried to push them together a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was, it was um, like Kyoshi Island and stuff like that. Yeah. I will say this was better. Like, I didn't hate it as much. Like, I do hate Aang being so obvious. I don't know. Yeah. For me, there's just, I just hate that. But... I- just don't i don't know i don't just, see ang and katara like as working well together at all so you don't ship it i don't ship it i don't ship it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know it's it's almost one that feels like it kind of has to be not necessarily yeah. one that's like i don't know it doesn't I mean, I, I can't say it doesn't feel organic because I don't think that's right. Yeah, I mean, they're good friends and stuff, but like, I don't know. Maybe it's it, because like I have been a 14-year-old girl and as a 14-year-old girl, like a 12-year-old kid would not have been somebody I would have been romantically attracted to, but... Sure. Eh, just me. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, how romantically attracted? I guess a little bit. There are some signs in the episode that Katara is a little romantically attracted. I mean, she is to. the one who's like who brought up the kissing thing, so it's true. Yeah, and she does blush at the end. It's it's true. Shown. True. Yeah, I don't know. I you know one thing I wrote down 
and you can tell me you can tell me what you think on this. I honestly think Aang and Katara's relationship actually shines better when the writers don't focus on it. Yes, absolutely. Because when they do focus on it, it just comes off as really forced and awkward. Exactly. Yeah, I like I'd say like in the in the episodes when they were in the Northern Water Tribe, like I don't know, like to me like then it like I could see them bonding and it made sense like you know Aang for a while is trying to stick up for Katara. He's trying to be helpful. Uh, I don't. I just, I, I feel like when they don't force the issue, mm-hmm. totally and then it does agree. kind of work. Totally agree. Yeah. So, and I feel I still feel like they did better with uh, Cave of Two Lovers. Like they did force it a bit, but they weren't as bad as they were in like uh, the Fortune Teller yeah. or the Kyoshi Warriors. True, uh, but. I don't know. Still definitely feels a little. Yep. Still feels a little forced. And there's uh, and I sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was I was gonna go on to something else. Go on. All, all I was gonna say is, and I guess that's not terribly necessarily a bad thing, because they are still the writers are still trying to give us some room for them to grow into this relationship. So if it just was suddenly working, I guess that wouldn't give them any room. True. That's true. But that's all I had on that. What were you gonna say? Oh. Um, so I know you hate the hippies. I love them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tell me why I'm wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. Everybody's entitled (laughs) to their own opinion. I I just think they're hilarious. Like watching Sokka just like lose his mind over the dumb stuff they were saying. Like, I don't know. I just peak comedy for me yeah well and and to be fair like as much as you love zuko you remember that Sokka is my main man and so and so i don't know to me it logically makes sense that that of course i am just like i'm just so empathize i'm always empathizing with Sokka. like even in episode one where they're like katara magic water ang water bending scrolls Sokka, pat on the shoulder it's like why why does this kid I mean, it's comic relief. I know why, but it's still, <laughs> it's still just like, why, why does Sokka have to be tortured so much? Poor what has he done to deserve this? Uh, yeah. But, but I can, I can see your point. Um, we should probably talk about the Zuko and Iroh story before we just get totally lost in the hippies. True. Um, I don't know. Do you want to, do you want to start talking about that one? Sure. Um, so I kind of loved the whole interaction with the Earth Kingdom family, like as mm. a whole. Um, mm. Love how Zuko, she she tries to connect with him and is like, oh, I've been hurt by the Fire Nation too. But Zuko's like, uh, uh, yeah, sure. Um, my dad's fighting in the war, I guess. Um, right. Uh, and But like, maybe it's the first time that he realizes like, or has somebody has mentioned like your country hurt you and like, she thinks he's earth kingdom. So it's not a big deal for her, but he's like, Oh, like we're similar. We've both been hurt by my country. This is uncomfortable. And I don't want to think about it right now. Kind of thing. Yeah. I I completely agree. I I wrote down and yeah, again, this season it's again, I don't feel like it's a spoiler to say the season is going to explore Zuko and Iroh. Mm-hmm. And and I mean it makes sense. What's their motivation now? Now that they're they are viable. right, exactly. And what is and what's that going to mean for them? Because I mean, yeah, they could try to keep capturing the Avatar, but like, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
and that's probably that's probably and I and I know that's why you love this season. Um, that's that's the reason I like this season a lot too. But for Zuko, I wrote down in my notes, um, you know, it's the first time when he sees her burns, the gal, whatever her name is, at that helped them out. You see the surprise in his eyes, and I and I know that that kind of took me aback a bit, because like. It had been one thing for him to kind of do his whole, like, yes, my father is also fighting in the war. Okay. Yes, whatever. But, like, when he's genuinely surprised Mm -hmm. at the burns, it goes back to what we've been talking about before, where there is, within Zuko, a good person. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, just... And I think... I, I completely agree with what you just said. For the first time, he sees the consequences of the actions of the Fire Nation. Yeah, because as we find out later, like the Fire Nation is like, oh, we're spreading our, we're sharing our greatness with the world. Like, yeah, they're they're lucky that we're helping them out, and they have all this propaganda in schools, and they're like just preaching their glory and saying like, like, yeah. And then he sees, oh shoot, no, people don't love us; they hate us. Like, she's been hurt by my people. Like his first exposure to that right I, and what and you know what also i just thought about when you said that what backs that up is uh, when azula you know tries to back shifting back to episode one a bit mm-hmm. when azula tries to you know bring them out um she says have you already like gone to their uncivilized ways mm-hmm. so you know they've all part of the propaganda is that the rest of the world is uncivilized and it's very it's very much as two people who love history you and I would rec- recognize the very strong connections with imperialism. Absolutely. Um, and this and this narrative of the civilized world versus the uncivilized world and how we must, out of the kindness of our hearts, um, I think of the the poem, The White Man's Burden, mm. um, how, we, how we must civilize the uncivilized nations. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a good point for Zuko to start or either start or keep continuing down his path of character development. Um, it is a milestone. He sees the effects on other people and he sees negative effects and he's not dismissing them. Um, and at the same time, he do- isn't changed right away. Like no. that's one of the things I love too, is Zuko's still not changed at this point. He's like one sad person's sad story isn't enough for him to to keep him from stealing their horse as he leaves right you know he's still he's still the same person he just has another sort of piece of the puzzle i don't i don't know exactly yeah (laughs) i would i would say it's a push yes like like he's being like if he's on a path or if he's like standing in a road it's like a push down the road Mm -hmm. yeah i yeah i completely i completely agree um and I would say that quality of Zuko right now still is, and I and I don't know if it ever totally goes away, but it's still I will not, I will not receive your charity, mm-hmm. but You're I very will. Proud. It is. It is. That's exactly the word. Exactly.
And now to conclude our first episode of the second season, as we typically do, we are going to give our ratings for the episodes. Um, they are out of five stars. Decimal points are allowed. A handful of 5.0s have been awarded before. Nothing lower than a three, though, I believe. Um, so with all of that in mind, we start with season two, episode one, The Avatar State. So Beth, what'd you think? Um, I'm going to give this one a 4.6. Okay. Um, loved the introduction of Azula. Loved the greater like depth in, of lore into the Avatar, star, the Avatar State itself. I just thought both plots were really interesting. Lots of good character development. 4.6. Okay. Yeah, I had 4.5. Um, I agree with everything you said. I just said good setup for season two. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to elaborate too much on that. I, I agree with you on all accounts. Um, all right. And then to episode two, The Cave of Two Lovers. What did you think about that one? I'm going to give this one a little bit lower. I'm going to go 4.3. I'm going to go okay. 4.3. Still a really okay. good episode. Um, again, you know me being a big Zuko stan. I love the B plot. A plot, <laughs> the romance felt a little bit forced, but I love the hippies. So that brought it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and I I can't disagree. I I had a four point two, so, and like to me these decimal like point one difference is like just semantics. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I I agree. I I agree on all accounts. Um, the hip. I I mean, as much as the hippies frustrate <laughs> me, you are correct. They do make good comic relief, and it's only be it's only because my Sokka is my main man that I that I even hate them. So I I have to agree with everything you said. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Beth and Jordan Rewatch, where we rewatch our favorite movies and shows and discuss what we love about them. You can find all of our episodes on anchor.fm slash BJ Rewatch or on Spotify at Beth and Jordan Rewatch. 